Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about e-commerce SEO, how to get results, high-ranking positions, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with Dave Anderson. How are you? I'm good, Anatoly. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, um, uh, I saw that you changed your job and <laughs> want to uh, get new uh, achievements. Uh, can you share uh, your background and why you decided to take this topic? Yeah. Um, so I've been in SEO for just over 13 years now, um, predominantly um, e-commerce um, roles um, in sort of a mixture of in-house and agency side roles. Um, e-commerce and in particular uh, technical SEO have always been my specialty and what I've lent towards uh, as being the areas that I enjoy and get the best results in. Um, so yeah, the, the latest role is going to be moving on uh, to work with Depop, um, heading up the technical SEO team there. Um, so I'm absolutely playing to my geeky strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um... Uh, let's start from the basics. Uh, what is the main difference between uh, e-commerce SEO and uh, other methods of SEO? I don't know, like local SEO, just uh, common SEO, international SEO. Uh, just share your insights about that. Okay, so for me, the, the main differences with uh, e-commerce are um, you sort of replace the, the, the structure of finding information at deeper levels with um, finding more specific products being served at deeper levels. So the focus is more on um, the, the sort of category and subcategory structure of the, of the site. Um, and obviously you're converting then and there on the site is the, is the biggest one, biggest difference between uh, that and, and any sort of traditional lead gen or um, uh, generating users to a, a bricks and mortar um, store um so you your metrics become um especially the, the on-site metrics and the conversion rates etc become much bigger signal with google um so it works much closer um sort of hand in hand with your conversion rate optimization or user experience team than typically uh, any other type of website does you know, when um, I usually check out websites with uh, a million pages, a uh, hundred thousand pages, a lot of pages, you know, when they have a lot of products, categories, uh, I think it's uh, an issue with uh, cannibalization uh, when you need to check out uh, pages uh, and have different content. How you uh, can handle the process when you uh, need to uh, handle a uh, hundred thousand keywords for many pages and uh, to avoid competition with yourself? Yeah, uh, so it's a very important area you've just touched upon. Um, it's one of the biggest problems with uh, e-commerce stores and SEO is the sort of on-site duplication or keyword cannibalization that it causes. Um, that primarily through sort of filtered pages. So when you're shopping something, you select different features to change the list of products you're seeing. Uh, you've created, you've essentially gone to a new page that's exactly the same as the last page you were on. Um, you combine that with on-site search where people are searching for products and you get another version of the, the same sort of page that you, essentially you could have found either as a product or a category page. 
Um, so it's for me a bit of a combination between um, best practice out the gate would be to add um, a meta no index uh, tag rule to search pages, but keep an eye on the searches that are performed. Um, regularly run reports and look for keywords that indicate that there are extra categories you're creating, things like that. Um, and then look at the filters that you've got and the results that those generate. If they are different enough from existing pages that they are useful to a user, you should have an actual landing page set up for that with its own title, uh, content, uh, fully indexable. And you want to either, <clears throat> well, you want to redirect those filters to that page, but then you want to link directly to them so you're not taking Google through extra stages and chewing up crawl budget doing so. Yeah, uh, I think uh, re redirect is not uh, one solution at that point. Yes, we, yeah, for example, if you are uh, uh, working with user experience, uh, we can use different methods, just uh, or no follow pages or uh, show uh, the main page uh, with uh, canonical tags. Uh, can you uh, share insights how to add keywords? For example, we are living in the world when uh, Google uh, doesn't care about uh, keyword meta tags. <laughs> I think like 15 years, I don't know, uh, the yeah, uh, uh, many days. But um, uh, how we can uh, add this? keywords and uh, tell Google this page is about uh, these keywords? Yeah, um, so with e-commerce it's important, well, with any level of SEO it's important to optimize your page for keywords but um, you, you want that first of all in the page title that you're presenting to Google. Um, not directly but I, I, I always suggest having it at the beginning of your meta description as well because Google bolds that in search terms and it's likely to increase your click-through rate. But then on page, you obviously want it in the H1 tag. Um, you want to include it within the, the body of text that's on, on the page. Uh, if there's enough um, content and information on there, you want to be breaking down into subheaders. It'd be good to get um, the keyword again, or uh, LSI keywords, so Latent Semantic Index, or synonyms to um, anyone that's not from the geeky world of SEO. Um, in, into sort of your, your H2, H3 tags on the page. Um, make sure that you've included it with uh, the alt text of any imagery that you use. Uh, one, because it will strengthen the keyword optimization of the page. Um, but two, <clears throat> a lot of users, especially uh, when it's a transactional search, will actually browse through the photos um, that, that Google uh, displays. So, you can appear in the snippet or people actually click to filter by images um, and that's a good way of shopping without having to hit your site so it's a good place for you to be showing up uh, you know, you mentioned a few times about alt text, about images, but you know, um, I often see when uh, big websites uh, have issues with creating uh, unique pictures, images. Do we need to do it or not? For example, I know that uh, for text it's important. Uh, I don't know how Google can uh, analyze uh, the uniqueness of content because we have many examples when Google uh, ranks much higher uh, content uh, non-unique at all. But um, uh, I think that. Um, 
of course google is, is not perfect <laughs> the search system but uh, uh, users can uh, find this uh, context in many places and can uh, leave your website if it's the same uh, nothing special but what yeah. about pictures i know that many websites still use uh, stock pictures uh, and uh, when you should create uh, i don't know a uh, hundred thousand <laughs> products and submit pictures for all of them it's hard to create unique pictures can you provide your insights do we need to do it or how to handle the process yeah um so it's obviously not always possible to use unique imagery um it can be very uh, especially in the, the world of e-commerce it can be very costly having to reshoot all of the imagery and you may just it may just be easier to use your supplier's imagery um i would encourage people to resave uh, the file with your own file name um, that's the first thing that's going to flag up as, as being uh, duplicate but obviously google google's pretty clever with that now they have reverse image search so they they are able to a degree to recognize uh, when imagery is the same um i think there's some leeway when it comes to e-commerce because google aren't, aren't silly they know that yeah all right that there's going to be multiple people selling the same product um it sort of almost falls into the boilerplate content realm of, of things um so i wouldn't worry too much with the main thing i'd worried about, about with imagery is using any ones that you don't have permission to mm, as long as you're yeah. cleared to use it um and you know you're not going down the the route of someone contacting you through their solicitors um then it's not too much of a worry i would always suggest that you have a look and optimize yourself for the alt text though mm -hmm. yeah valuable valuable thanks a lot okay uh let's talk about uh text <laughs> uh i think that uh, you know uh, it's issue as well uh for example uh 10 years ago i you uh uh, in my company, I had a team of copywriters. They uh, wrote about everything, you know. But uh, today we live in the world with uh, the parameter it, expertise, authority, trust. And uh, uh, Google can rec recognize uh, content from uh, copywriters because of uh, hurting user experience. I think uh, people uh, in the first place can recognize this content because if someone doesn't know the topic, they can't produce high results. And um, uh, when I read digital marketing articles, I can understand. Yeah, it's valuable, interesting article. But if uh, someone doesn't know digital marketing, he uh, or she can't create uh, awesome uh, content for, uh, at that point. Um, can you provide your insights how to uh, analyze copywriters? For example, you are uh, SEO specialist. You want to uh, provide results for your client, but you don't know the topic. It's new for you. And uh, how to analyze that uh, uh, text was written for the sake of having it uh, or uh, really useful valuable much better than competitors have yeah um <clears throat> so you, you said the right thing straight away when you, you want to be looking at competitors as a start um, have a look at the, the keywords that you are looking to rank for and who's ranking there um, you want to go in from a couple of different angles it, you want to look at uh, everything that's on the page um, the content that they've got um what sort of um keyword density is there how much content is there so going a bit deeper than um keyword density it's, it's worth um using a resource like uh, bruce clay's uh, tfidf analysis um 
uh, and really digging into what is actually working for them, not in, only in terms of the content, but the way the how often but don't try and repeat exactly because you end up talking like a robot. How often are they mentioning the keyword? What's uh, LSI? So synonyms and related terms are they using? Um, there's a great great uh, tool within uh, Ahrefs uh, now for that where you can look at once you've identified the competitor and the, the page that ranks that you are digging into, um, there's a, a handy little tool aside that, that looks for related terms and other terms that they rank for. And this will help give you an insight into what other uh, topics does it need to be covering or linking out to, etc. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I would say um, it's probably um, my biggest expenditure at the moment is uh, on an SEO campaign is, is the copywriting because good content will always win. Um, it's why I don't write any copy anymore. The early days of SEO, I wrote my own copy because we, I'm sure you'll remember Anatoly, we could stick a, a heap of uh, keywords in over and over and it mm -hmm. worked. Um, I don't write well enough to, to compete with uh, copywriters of today that do well um, in SEO. So it's, it's worth having collaboration between the product owners and uh, who have that wealth of expertise. Um, try and make it collaborative. Don't settle for simply having a, a brochure handed to you because a lot of it, when you don't have those expertise, is going to mean nothing to you. So having that communication between the skilled copywriter and the product expert to make sure that the, everything makes sense. And um, I, I'm sure you'll appreciate as you work with different uh, verticals and different markets, you end up an expert in just about everything over time because you've looked at it that long. So that there is that learning um, does, does occur and you will find that product expert has to spend less and less time with the copywriter it'll just become second nature because they've already learned all these things but uh yeah there has to be that that synchronization between the two uh, at the beginning of campaign mm, yeah valuable you know uh i think that uh, yesterday i checked out uh, uh linkedin uh, linkedin requirements for many companies uh, and they're looking for uh marketing uh, specialists and it's interesting when they uh, uh, are searching for SEO specialists they wanna uh, find uh, people who know uh, keyword research technical optimization copywriting content writing filmmaker you know uh, many other issues link building uh, broken link building guest posting you know guys it's interesting that uh, it's the entire team <laughs> it's not one person can create if you uh, I, I like your um, uh, insights about uh, focusing it's better to focus if you uh, don't write uh, leave this job for someone else for example i like writing it's my style because uh, i usually spend a lot of time with writing uh, can improve my skills at that point but it's my way you know <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, it's better to focus in one direction don't try to find just one person who will handle the whole process uh, and uh, can you provide your insights um, from uh, your experience about um, uh, recommendations for example when you provide the list of recommendations to your customers yes. uh, 
which ratio they can complete you know because i often see when uh projects uh, webmasters have no time uh, or busy or uh, have no resources to provide all my insights that i give to them uh how to handle the process how to explain that it's important because you can't get results if we skip or uh i don't know ignore some recommendations yeah um so for, for me um I'd, over, over the years I've, I've come up with my own geeky sort of uh, formula for, for working this out because there's a few things that you have to take into account um there are uh, projects that are going to take longer but have a bigger payoff um there are projects that are going to be quicker but have a smaller payoff um and it's about looking at those as a, as a map for yourself because um ultimately what the what the man paying your checks is going to care about is his bottom line so it's how can i affect that or how can i uh display to you that not doing this is going to affect that um and then putting that across as your argument for let's do these projects in this order yeah this is going to take a long time if we can break off and have a smaller team working on this in the meantime um it it's going to have an effect quicker it's going to do less but it sets things up for this bigger change as well so we'll have a bigger impact from that if we don't serve and this is usually i find in e-commerce the the route to go down because it's so difficult at times to put an ROI on SEO because there are so many variables out of our control it's what would the worst case scenario be um if you don't implement these so if we slip off the the first page because your competitors put the time into doing this what will that mean uh, in terms of uh, lost visits look at what the conversion rate for those pages is uh, and come up with a uh, an equation of that's this much in lost revenue let's show this up make sure that this is running and then you know as the SEO you're going to see a return on that but your mm. confidence in yourself and your abilities is not a strong enough selling point to someone that isn't sat inside your head so it's always great to come back I always work to a, a mantra of upod which is under promise over deliver so i talk about we need to get this in because you will lose money if we don't we get it in you start making money then i'm superman after telling you we were just stopping you from losing money um it, you also find that those are the actions that get signed off quicker get sent to the developers quicker um or you get signed off to go in and do the development work yourself mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad it got it okay uh let's get back to e-commerce seo uh for example when um i check out uh the top 10 results with uh, commercial keywords i can see uh for paid marketing campaigns you know <laughs> like uh, uh, a lot of pay-per-click campaigns and uh, how to compete with them you know for example if you uh, promote uh, uh, some info content uh, yeah you can see them but not always uh, they uh, always keep them because uh, it doesn't bring money it's more for creating brand awareness of course it helps to sell uh, as well but uh, how to compete with uh, pay-per-click campaigns for the top 10 results that means you can get only the position number five you know and yeah. it's it's uh, if i remember correctly the average data shares it's like uh two three percent of clicks um, possible more i don't know exactly it depends of course each case is different uh can you 
share your insights what to do if uh, all pay-per-click campaigns take away the four positions yeah um so it, it, over the years we have seen uh pay-per-click take up a bigger percentage of clicks but it usually spikes and drops away and it's every time google has a little play with what they look like because users have gotten a bit too used to it and start going past uh, for the organic results more and more users as we progress are aware that of what the uh, PPC spots are um, you go back probably a couple of years and most of the people that didn't work in the industry that I spoke to didn't know that there was uh, adverts at the top even though they were more prominent back then um, people seem to have become more aware of the fact that you can appear at the top and we'll have the little ad um, text next to your listing and the more inclined to scroll past so Google get smarter each time they introduced uh, the shopping carousel and things like that um, which have an effect on e-commerce as well um, interestingly from an e-commerce perspective showing up in both spots gives you a greater click-through rate for both listings than if you only have one um, so I've never viewed SEO and PPC as being enemies they are cousins if you will and they should be helping each other um, as I say appearing in both spots means both sets both your ad and your organic listing get a higher click through um, I suppose the psychology of it is that um, a user sees it as, a, as an endorsement oh these guys are there twice that this they must be good um, but it's essentially um, making sure you've got the strongest possible um, call to action and USP so for me this is where your, your meta description really comes in your meta description as I mentioned earlier should have the keyword or the query that you are expecting users to come through on because Google bolds that that's your first um, uh, click through aid uh, you then go with USP so what's my unique selling point why am I different to the competitors why should you click me and not the guys sat around me in the rankings and then a call to action it's amazing um how much difference it makes having a call to just to click here visit the website today if you take that out your clicks drop and it baffles me it's just that people haven't realized what they were supposed to do until you say that um but it, it works so it's, it's always worth having it there and testing over time which are your strongest usps and calls to action to have and ppc is really useful there again because you can test them much quicker because they get um, traffic immediately it's much better reported because Google's making money out of them so they're, they're suddenly a lot more helpful than they are with those SEOs um, and it's really actionable data so test your uh, USPs and your call to actions with your PPC as well um, the two really can benefit each other um, but yeah beyond, beyond that um, making sure you make use of um, schema so snippets like uh, if you're collecting if you're not collecting reviews on your site in e-commerce start now um, it's a conversion aid not only in Google when you can uh, include that as your snippet um, and, and should display the gold stars and number of people that have reviewed that product and on the basis that you're selling a good product in the first place and people like it that's always where I'd start but when you've got a good star rating with a good number of reviews as well you are going to get more of the clicks but it's also conversion aid 
on the website people will look for that and it, it falls into the, the sort of um, EAT and uh, money your life uh, rules that it's an endorsement and these are the things that a user wants to see so the, these are the things that Google reacts well to as well um, but yeah beyond that uh, we're at the mercy of Google having to make it clear that people have paid to be in the paid spots and the users being able to pick up on that um, it's only when they change things up that we start losing a bigger share of that to uh, to the paid ads. You know, I, I have a bunch of questions. You know, you, you explain well about everything, but you know, <laughs> I, I want to know more. Uh, that's why my first question you mentioned about uh, the each parameter, uh, expertise, authority, trust. Uh, for example, I know that um, it's important today uh, to have uh, to optimize with this parameter because uh, most customers don't buy uh, if uh, they don't feel trust. And uh, uh, for example, in content marketing, we can provide this feeling by sharing value first, for example, with uh, the ultimate guides, I don't know, ebooks, uh, uh, many different formats. What about e-commerce SEO? How you can uh, provoke this feeling? Uh, 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 let's talk about trust, uh, skip about authority, just trust. How to provoke the trust feeling uh, for e-commerce SEO when uh, uh, customers open our website and uh, they don't feel enough trust? Uh, can they buy from us or not if uh, our brand is not recognizable well uh, in the market? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and within e-commerce, uh, SEO, the first people you want to be talking to about these um, signals and metrics is your user experience team because they've been satisfying all of these uh, needs without realizing that they were working towards EAT um, because these are buying barriers. Um, so they've been looking to remove those for forever. Um, one of the best um, examples I've seen over recent years uh, in e-commerce of removing buying barriers uh, for me has been AO uh, in the UK. So appliances online who sell appliances online, basically everything that you need for the home from an electrical perspective. Um, they include video on their product pages. And these videos answer just about any question you could possibly have in your head about a product that would be a, a purchase barrier that oh well I'm not sure if you can do this that or the other the video covers it all and people digest video so much better uh, than they do um, text the, the attention span of, of humans and I, I am the worst for it and I think that's why I understand <laughs> it um, I'm not going to sit and read hundreds and hundreds of words but I'll click play on a video and, and listen to what it's telling me absolutely um, the SEO element of that kicks in when you script that um, and embed it within the video as well. So you double the uh, level of keyword optimization that you've got for the page as well. Um, and you, you're answering all of that with, with lovely juicy content for Google to crawl as well. Um, yeah, that, that would be my main tip with it. It's, yeah, uh, work with your user experience team. What are the, and the customer service team, if you've got those as well, what are we asked a lot? Uh, what are we asked as a business? Um, what are the challenges and, and queries that uh, customers have? And then specifically at the product level, if you've got that information as well, what are they wanting to know? Right, well, let's include that as well then. 
Uh, you know, I remember one example from uh, one of my clients and, um, you know, it's interesting when uh, I check out his uh, page uh, refund policy and uh, he, uh, on this page uh, his company proclaimed you can't get money back. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't even try. <laughs> I, I told him, Are you crazy man. <laughs> How do you want to sell your products if you proclaim something like this? Customers uh, wanna have insurance. Uh, if you don't provide this feeling, you know, <laughs> that you can get money back, of course, uh, some of them can uh, will, will refund their money. That's okay, you know, no, nothing wrong is with, with that, you know, because um, people don't know exactly uh, do they need these products or not. That, that's okay, you know, that's normal. Um, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I love your example about video content. Yeah, why not? You, if you can uh, submit some video guide on your website, yeah, people love watching video. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about uh, the page about us. Uh, can you provide your insights how to uh, craft this page? Because many people uh, open this page, uh, learn about your company, your experience, uh, especially um, if they are looking uh, to cooperate with uh, experienced people. Uh, how to custom or to craft this page, for example? On, on which kind of page, sorry, Anatoly? Uh, uh, page about us or about, about company. Okay. Um... Try, try and think outside the, the box a bit. It, there are so many about us pages out there in the world and so little difference between any of them. Um, really sing about your expertise or what's unique about you. Don't go the, the standard route of, oh, well, family started business and this, that. What, what makes you interesting or different in your area of, of um, e-commerce or generally of within your market um, tell me something different introduce the people that, that work there tell me a bit about them put a human side to it um, I'm not just buying products off a, a robot I want to know who does it who, who researches these products do you manufacture them yourself can you tell me about the manufacturing process um, just anything that's, that's just a bit different and not just a few lines of text on a page because people think they're supposed to have an about us. If you've not come up with anything interesting enough to, to make it different from the, the bog standard about us that people don't bother having one, um, do, some, do something interesting with it. Um, from an EAT perspective, have industry accolades uh, professional accreditations on there that this satisfies google your users will appreciate it as well but don't just try not to make it so dull at the same time mm -hmm. yeah i got it okay thanks a lot uh okay um you mentioned about uh, click-through rate uh, yeah. when we um, discussed about the top 10 results uh pay-per-click can you provide your insights how to improve or increase uh, the ratio of uh, click-through rate? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's, it's about constantly evaluating. You need to be making use of Google Analytics and Google Search Console. You've got two separate sets of data there. So you've got the on-site and how it got there. And then you've got Search Console's, how it really got there. Um, it's got better over the last few years and we're, we're actually able to see 
albeit snippets of data, we can see the queries that the site got impressions for. We can then match that when you combine it with your, your uh, ranking tracking as well um, with the pages that are ranking for these terms. So what, where are the terms coming in? What are the pages that they're hitting? Then stitch in your analytics data and look at what's converting. We look at the impressions it's getting, the clicks it's getting, and therefore the um, click-through rate. Um, it is a, a snippet of data, as I say. Google doesn't give you the absolute figures because, again, that would be making it it's disguised as a level of privacy. I think it's far more that uh, that would be too helpful for us SEOs that don't actually make them any money. Uh, they want to help us a bit because their service is only ever good as the results that we're putting there. Uh, so they do need us, but I think there's a level of begrudgement about that. Um, but have a look at especially keyword terms where you rank well, but you're not seeing the same click-through rate that, that you'd kind of expect. And there are nuances, and, and even between markets, um, click-through rates in, in the top 10 positions are massively different in um, uh, e-commerce than they are within informational uh, sites or, or lead generation sites. But even within e-commerce, different markets have different click-through rates. So try and look to, to a level of average and look at your competitors uh, using something uh, like SEMrush um, gives you a bit of a guide as to what level of uh, the market share uh, your competitors have on each keyword. Um, if you feel that it could be better, um, it, as I say, looking at the, the meta description, um, there's sometimes scope to have a play about with the page title. Um, I'd say if you've got something to rank with your page title, I'd be wary of that um, because even the slightest of changes can see you lose that ranking. But your meta description is where it doesn't affect the ranking, but it will affect the click-through rate. Uh, play about, as I say, with the different USPs, different um, calls to action. Um, look to incorporate any sort of um, schema that you possibly can in um, in e-commerce, you most definitely want to be including a review schema mm -hmm. that through a product level, but feed it through to your categories as well. Um, you can accumulate the data, so it's, it's the review total of, of your brand and, and feed that through a category level um, and, and show up and show differently than, than many of your competitors uh, and grab the clicks there. I've, I've been in position three for terms before and been getting the line share of clicks just because I've got the gold stars and nobody else has. Um, so it does make a difference. Um, if it's um, a more informational search and you've got FAQs on the page, mark those up, you've suddenly got two um, listings worth of real estate on that, uh, that page. There's so much schema now that you can use. Um, if you've got step-by-step -step instructions, think that that's great for mobile. Um, there's all sorts and it's really worth having uh, a look through schema site to, to see what, what different uh, types of markup are available to you and then tie that into the information you have on the page or look to create it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's make sure that you are analysing the data constantly uh, because ranking on the first page is not the end of the battle. 
um, you want the traffic and ultimately the conversions as well yeah you know of course <laughs> yeah love it and you know it's interesting uh, uh, sometimes websites have traffic uh, not bad but you know they don't convert good yes. uh, can you uh, provide your insights how to learn users behavior of course we can use google analytics to check out uh, time on site uh, uh, other metrics for example uh, Uh, oh yeah, don't remember all of them, but it's interesting that um, uh, Google doesn't care about uh, many of these metrics. For example, uh, um, uh, a bond, uh, cart abandonment, many others. Uh, you, Google considers the metric at well time. Uh, if people uh, open your website and get back to the search uh, results, that means uh, they uh, are not satisfied with your content. They wanna uh, search for something, um, for some other content. Can you provide your insights how to learn uh, users' behaviors on a website? Yeah. Uh- So again, using the same sort of uh, metrics from uh, Search Console and um, analytics, it's understanding the terms that they came through on the page that they came to, um, split your, your keywords that you track into when you this is and you should do this at keyword research level as well. Look at um, sort of informational uh, searches versus transactional searches. Um, and research level searches. So you've got your informational searches where someone is ultimately going to look for an answer and then leave because they've got their answer. Um, so that that's important to understand. You, you weren't ever really likely to get a conversion there. Um, and if that page was supposed to be a page at which they converted, then you've essentially served them the wrong page and you need to go back to the drawing board with, right, Do we need to have a different page um, ranking for that term, supporting the term and making sure that the term, the page that is ranking now is ranking instead for a transactional term? Uh, research, you, need, you can have them land at your category or product pages if you've got a good answer that then takes them down the funnel to that uh, transaction. Uh, ultimately, transactional terms you've got to understand uh, if someone's landing there and not making not every time but if there's a large amount of people landing there and not making a, a high enough level of transactions they're not converting at a great enough rate you need to be looking at why and this is again where you need to be working with the uh, CRO um, user experience team um, and looking at how you can collaborate together so that it doesn't affect SEO and your ranking Um, because that, at its most simple, usually the best way to get a product page to convert better is removing everything but the buy button. But if all that content's suddenly gone, you're not going to rank there anymore. So it's striking that balance of making sure that the, the on-page messaging is strong enough. And this really is important for you as an SEO as well, because especially within e-commerce, The on-page and on-site metrics are such a strong signal now for Google because they've really switched up um, how they want to rank websites um, and it's centered around what's useful for the user. If I'm landing on a shopping site and not purchasing and there's enough of us doing the same, Google's going to look at that and go, well, this wasn't useful, then let's bump them down the rankings. And that's obviously the last thing in the world that you want. So 
the, the days of the SEO being able to go, I, I bring I bring the traffic. What what happens when it gets there? That's that's not me. Uh, uh, long gone. Um, it's it's some years since that's been okay to to tell people. I, I'd still hear it occasionally, shockingly. <laughs> um, but that is not where your journey stops because that is not where Google's metrics and Google's understanding of how a website should rank stop. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, link building. I think uh, the hardest part of SEO. And uh, for example, if uh, um, we touch only uh, white hat link building, uh, skip uh, black hat techniques uh, for e-commerce SEO, how to provide this link building? Because uh, I know for content marketing, I can share some valuable blog posts uh, or case study or ebook or, or anything else, even free tools. But for e-commerce SEO, when I ask any webmasters, please uh, link to my content, uh, of course, don't back. Uh, of course, just want to uh, tell them uh, it will be valuable to their audience to link to my e-commerce content where I sell sneakers <laughs> or anything else. Uh, yeah, I think it sounds weird, you know, uh, it will be valuable or not. Uh, and uh, even if it's valuable, webmasters can think, oh, why I need to link to e-commerce content? Can you tell? how to provide e-commerce SEO link building? Yeah, um, so for me, it should always start with uh, competitor analysis. So at the same time, as we, we mentioned earlier, you'd be looking at all the on-page elements of what's making uh, these websites rank. Uh, you look behind the curtain as well. So um, my preferred tool uh, for, for backlinks is, is Ahrefs. Ahrefs um, seems to provide the, the deepest level of data for my my money um, and I want to look at the I look at the main keyword terms that I am looking to rank for and the supporting terms who was there time and time again if you got people like Amazon and eBay up there don't include them in, in your uh, backlink comparison uh, <laughs> the, these mm -hmm. people don't link build they don't need to they acquire the, the household names people talk about them they find themselves in the news Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to do something overnight that uh, the BBC care enough about to do a write-up and include a link to the website. Amazon are, if, if you want to uh, build a space program to get a link, then, then good luck to you. But um, they, these aren't the people you should look at. It's the companies more at your, if, if you are Amazon and eBay, absolutely look at each other. Uh, aside from that, look at people that are around your level that are managing to rank well um amazon and ebay have a, a good organic presence but they don't own every single keyword term in the world and not even in individual uh, niches so within your niche there is always going to be other competitors uh, what's powering them from a link perspective it might not even be from a link perspective and, and that's where you can make a difference uh, but what links have they got from what websites look at those um, from the perspective of are these valuable from an SEO perspective and you, you'd look at sort of the, the box standard metrics of um, how many visitors does that site get um, how natural does it look how many people are they linking out to is it is it out and out just announcing to Google I, I sell links to people because those aren't the, the ones that you want um, but Build on that gap analysis. Uh, yeah, you build with your gap analysis and look to close that gap by gaining those links. Um, you can go one further using a, a, a term that a lot of people 
called uh, called Skyscraper Tactic, which is try and steal one of those links from your competitors. Um, so if they've got a link because they've uh, done a um, a study or a, a questionnaire that they've built data from and, and then provided information, could you do it better? Have you got a big enough um, customer base that you can reach out to with this questionnaire? Have you got enough sales data that you have um, market data? Um, create a more up-to-date one, create a more in-depth one, create a better one. Um, one, you're creating great content for your website, which is always a win. Make sure that you're internally linking to pass that equity and authority to uh, money pages as well. Um, and then approach the original publications and go, oh, really love the, the piece that you did. Um, just mention, um, we've got this guide and it's more up to date. Uh, we think that your users would find it useful. And that's ultimately what the website will, will care about. Some will still come back to you and want to be paid for doing so. But ultimately, if I've built a link and cost a competitor a link in the process, then that's essentially double um, it's not going to work every time. It shouldn't form the absolute center for link building campaign. Um, aside from that, there's, there's also value in a select amount of uh, directories still. And these are directories that actually get traffic. So in, in the UK, especially, we've got things like Yell, uh, Yelp, um, Yaks, things like that. Uh, people do use these services to, to find um, different types of services or, or sites, etc. Um, so if they are still being used legitimately by users, there is still value in being there. A good deal of those are now no follow, but that's good to have in, in your backlink profile as well. If everything in your backlink profile is a followed link, that looks incredibly unnatural to Google because that's a little more than a, a fluke that every single one of those is is followed and oh and they're all keyword optimized anchor text and uh, hang on just a minute um so it's look to and it feels like the the silliest thing that we ever say as seos let's let's make sure that our link building campaign looks natural because in its nature the fact that you are doing it isn't natural mm -hmm. but you have to be a household name before you start acquiring links without trying. And and people a few years ago got on the, the sort of content marketing wagon and, and, and thought that if they put up content that they'd suddenly get links out of them. How? How, how are you making sure that people see this content? Mm -hmm. you, are, you do have to approach people with this content. If it's valuable enough and you present it in the right way and, and, and don't just spam a load of journalists with, uh, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing, this is amazing. Um, yeah, you will acquire links. Not every time, but you want brand mentions. As you want brand mentions, you want non-followed links, and you want followed links. You want to have a, a mixture. There's not really any harm every, every so often, but not as the center, again, of, of your strategy to have um, sponsored links and sponsored posts on sites. It's it's PR. That yeah. You cannot tell me that in in the sort of um, offline world of, of marketing that it's not okay for 
people to pay to have their, their brand out and about. So there is a level of understanding if it becomes the sole way that you build links, yes, Google's not going to like it much. But if it's part of a broader strategy, um, for, yeah, for me, it's about thinking of as many avenues as you can go down to acquire links and, and start attaining them. Um, that yeah. Be, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> Deep insights. And, you know, it's interesting uh, you uh, mentioned about HRFs. Um, um, yeah. I think that... Uh, um, I read the study that SEMrush uh, out uh, beat HRFs two times, twice, <laughs> because many years uh, SEO pros uh, thought that HRFs is much better with link building, with uh, finding links, but today it's not the case. And I analyzed a few websites and yeah, it's really SEMrush has uh, much uh, bigger um, uh, links on their database and uh, uh, even more SEMrush provides a free access to these links to uh, the end of 2021. That means <laughs> today we can analyze all these links in SEMrush for free. Uh, I analyze, I think uh, the main reason SEMrush wanna uh, overcome. <laughs> uh, HRF, that's okay, you know, uh, I love competition, more competition, uh, better tools we have. <laughs> uh, yeah. We will see what uh, HRFs will do, but today, yeah, SEMrush has uh, a lot more uh, links uh, on their base. Okay, Dave, I have uh, the last question. Uh, how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, uh, and um, order your services? Yeah, uh, so find me on LinkedIn. Um, my uh, page is david-anderson-seo, very creative. Um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Dave Anderson SEO. Um, yeah, reach out to me. I accept any and all um, uh, follows and, and connections. Um, I, I don't believe in shutting anyone out in SEO because we're a community that can only help each other grow. Um, if yeah, if you've any questions at all, reach out to me through through LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a conversation with. Anyone, especially if I get to talk uh, geeky metrics on technical or e-commerce SEO. <laughs> great, great. Okay, guys, you can find all links uh, in the description below. Listen us on Google, Spotify, Apple. Thanks a lot, Dave, for your time. It's valuable. Uh, I've learned myself uh, and uh, I noted a few insights. I'll uh, check them out. Uh, thanks for your time. You know, yeah, it's valuable and uh, always welcome to see you back. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.